0: Welcome to Stacey on the Right, the podcast. I'm your hostess with the mostess, bringing you another fantastic guest this afternoon. Let me introduce you. We have Dr. Richard Blackaby. He is the president of Blackaby Ministries. He's in Blackaby Ministries International. He's an author and speaker. And his books, Spiritual Leadership and Experiencing God, are available to purchase at blackaby.org. So excited to have him with us right now. Thank you, sir, for joining us.
1: Well, it's great to be with you, Stacy.
0: You know, I love it when someone has written books, and you have two, Experiencing God, which sounds amazing, but also Spiritual Leadership. So why did you actually write these books? What what brought you to a place where you felt like, I need to get this information in one place so people can find it?
1: Uh, yeah, actually, I've, I think I've written about 36 books, but those are just oh. two. <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness! Yeah. Okay, we can't discuss all of those, but yeah. that's okay. impressive. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Don't worry, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, experiencing God is actually kind of my my dad, Henry Blackaby's magnum opus, and it's uh, it's really considered a Christian classic now. It's uh, probably sold eight or nine million copies in English and is in about fifty different other languages as well. But uh, but that just that I've kind of done the rewrite on that and. Um, And it just tells people how to not just know about God, but experience him. And and then we kind of applied that whole concept and truth to leaders, and we wrote a book called Spiritual Leadership, which is just what's the difference between a normal leader that doesn't believe in God and a leader that has the Holy Spirit within them? Do they lead any differently? And what what should the different results be? And so we've done a lot of thought. I, I, I sort of travel around the world talking to pastors as well as Christian business people about how to lead in a very crazy world today.
0: Wow. So let's talk about that. Leadership for people who are already in that space, Um, practical leadership tips specifically. What do you tell pastors and ministry leaders who come to you and they're looking for that kind of guidance? How do you begin to help them suss out the direction they need to take to improve in that area?
1: Well, there's lots of things I, I say to, to folks. One is, uh, you are where you are because God uh, has trusted you with that. He, you, you're not where you are by accident. So if you feel overwhelmed, maybe you're a parent of teenagers and you need to lead teenagers right now in this world, and you're saying, I don't I don't think I've got what it takes. I, I don't seem to know how to do what needs to be done. Or maybe you're leading a small business or you're in management somewhere. Maybe you're uh, serving in your church on an elder board, and you're looking at all the challenges and saying I don't know why why they've got me here. Just know that you're there because God put you there. And God knows that with his help you you can be successful. And so uh, and secondly, just know the leaders their the, the role of a leader is to solve problems. That's what they do. If if there were no problems you wouldn't need leaders. And so we that, that's unfortunately a lot of politicians are not leaders. They don't solve problems, they create problems. But but a true leader is someone that rises up, typically God raises them up in order to solve a problem. And so throughout the whole Bible, every time people had a problem, God could have just solved it by himself, but most of the time he raised up a leader and he worked through the leader to make people's lives better. So if God is raising you up, um, just know that uh, it's to solve problems. And and so just, well, I tell you what, what a great time to lead is our time where there are so many problems to solve. Um, but they are solvable, and, uh, you know, God has known that 2021 was coming for a long time. He's not caught by surprise. He knows, uh, he's always known about COVID and all the different things that are happening now, and and he's fully prepared. And so the key for a spiritual leader is not to solve the problems himself, but to be in touch with God and to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus said the Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth, and um, and that means he knows the truth uh, of what's going on. So uh, let him listen to him. He knows the truth, and in the midst of all the falsehood that's shared out there, he can tell you what's true and what's important. And I suppose as much as anything these days, I've been just trying to encourage leaders, let let God help you know what, what matters and what doesn't matter. And um, certainly for myself, I'm trying harder than ever right now uh, to have focus in my work and in my life. And I'm trying not to be distracted by so many things that aren't that important uh, so that I don't miss the stuff that really is important.
0: So the things that are important are actually a... um a a struggle for people because right now you mentioned politicians create problems. Yes, (laughs) they do. They actually, and, and the reason why that's happening is because we had a founding father, Noah Webster, who actually gave us instructions way back when, when he was alive. He said, go to Exodus 1821, which in his words, he characterized that scripture as when you become entitled to exercise the right of voting for public officers, let it be impressed upon your mind that God commands you to choose for rulers just men who will rule in the fear of God. He goes on at length to talk about people um, who, are, who are in elected office, if, they are not, if they're not godly people, that they will steal they will set up laws to enable them to commit crimes. They will victimize the you know, the lowly of stature and those who can't defend themselves. And eventually that problem grows to such a level that they will even be able to victimize the strong and those who are considered to be able to defend themselves. Because we are commanded by God to elect people to public office who are upright, principled. Um, that, that have proper views, not defective views, people who would rule in the fear of God, able men, people who are men of truth, people who hate covetousness. These are things that come directly from God's instructions to the Israelites on how they could have a representative government, the original form of the government that we have now. So when people are coming to you and they're in leadership and they're, they're asking you, how, how can I lead well, how can I tackle problems, what do you what do you tell them in in the way of how they're then counseling the individuals that they're pastoring or they're leading in these ministries because those are the ones who are voting for the very people who are creating our problems.
1: Yeah, well, and there's lots to say about that, you know, and and, and of course you have to be careful too with the Bible because in the Old Testament they had kings, <laughs> they weren't they weren't really voting for their kings uh, to rule over them, but 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 as far as character goes uh, and leadership goes, there there's certainly God had His standard for. The kind of person he wanted to be in leadership, the kind of integrity and honesty, and so on. And, but uh, I, I would just tell leaders, um, you know, to begin with, um, look at the circle in which you have influence, and certainly you have you have control over what you do in a ballot box. So you know, exercise that uh, wisely um, for the best possible person. Um, and I would I would say you got to at least know what people stand for and what they're like uh, as best as you can tell. Uh, and then vote accordingly but uh but certainly for leaders too I, you know i there's just a lot more leaders can do than just vote and uh certainly you should vote wisely and you should be participative but uh but there's a lot of stuff we can do to make a difference as well in our world whether it's just serving on school boards whether it's just serving in HOA communities just being a good neighbor getting involved in your school um where, where you've got kids just being a positive influence at work, in the workplace. There's just so much negativity today. You know, Jesus just said that his people should be salt and light, and and basically just said, you're in a dark world, so everywhere you go, just shine light. Just at least shed light on your workplace, your neighborhood. Um, at least start there. I, I The only problem I have sometimes with uh, focusing on elections is that it, we we sort of put all of our eggs in that basket, and we just we keep waiting for for government to change everything. And I just don't have the greatest confidence that government does that. Uh, even even good governments are limited, um, and so you know people just need to not abrogate their own responsibility to be salt and light where they are. And um, there's a, there's a lot of good people across the country that I, I see them doing good things, helping people being positive. But uh, I think we just need to be encouraged to say that there's great power in that. And obviously, you don't neglect to vote and vote wisely. But in between elections, don't, don't just sit around waiting for the next election. Get out there and make a positive difference every day um, and not just on election day.
0: Right, because we are actually supposed to be um, assisting with government at the local level routinely because we in a representative form of government it it requires the oversight of the citizens who are giving their consent. So um I it, that that is a, a great point for us to continue to keep in the back of our minds about how we're supposed to participate. Um so you actually on your website uh, and I I love I love it so much that you have so much information there including um things that we can find that have to do with the work that you're doing with coaching. Yeah. And you I have And I, I know for a fact that there's a lot of coaching going on out there. I see a lot of people, yeah, you know, they're professionals and then they, they, you know, they stay home for a while, maybe working with their family and their kids, and then they go take a certification and then they're life coaches. But what I've noticed is a lot of the life coaching that's going on uses new ageism. It, it kind of veers off into things that are not good for Christians to engage in. You're offering coaching and leadership, obviously, from the biblical experience, from the biblical worldview. Um, how do you contrast what you're doing, which is in line with Scripture, with those other coaching methodologies that are kind of basically drawing people away from the faith?
1: Well, you know, that's a good that's a good point too. And you know, I just I think the reason so many people are seeking coaches is that I, I think there's a groundswell of realization that we we've got to lead better than we have at whatever level. If it's just parenting, <laughs> we, raising kids in this world, we we can't parent the way that maybe they did in the 50s. You know, we we there's new challenges our kids are facing and so whatever it is you're leading it's going to be more challenging than it used to be and so that means you you've got to take your leadership to another level and so i'm i'm seeing just a huge um awareness of from, from leaders of, of all stripes that they they've got to they can't just keep leading the way they always have um and so you know but then like you say there there's lots of different kinds of coaching And some is is very new agey. It just basically just says, you know, what is it you want to be? And um, just, just, you know, be that tap into your inner self or whatever. Um, And that's all, maybe all well and good. It's just that um, I've discovered in my own life that God's the one who wired me. He's the one who's put my DNA together. He knows what his plans are for me and my family and uh, the nation and, um and so the uh, in fact my life verse is actually ephesians three twenty which talking about Jesus just says he's the one who's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than I could ever ask or even think and and so, if he's able to do exceedingly more than I could even imagine, then that means that the moment I just try to do what what I think is best, I've just aimed way too low uh of what could have been and so with our coaching we just we we walk along with people and our, instead of saying necessarily what what do you want we'll say, what do you think God wants for your life? How did He wire you? What what did He put into you? Um, when do you sense, sense His pleasure on your life? And how, would, how do you think God wants to steer your life in a direction that you can achieve everything that He purposed for you from the beginning of time? And uh, that's just a much bigger view of, of personhood than just what would you like to do next. Um, and so there, you can get different kinds of coaching, but if you really want someone that will... There are certain kinds of coaching that will will be sort of God-focused and uh, will say, just just make sure God's in the room when you're coming up with all your plans, and He'll blow you away. I, we've had people, after we coached them, they were scared to death because they just suddenly had a sense that God had way more in store for them than they'd ever imagined, and uh, they were going to be stretched to do things they never dreamed of uh, previously. And I just kind of feel like that's a great way to live the only life that you'll ever have.
0: It is it's actually super exciting
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> it's it's where you're flying yeah. by the seat of your pants, which in our natural world and especially as as Westerners you know in America, flying by the seat of your pants is actually a bad thing. <laughs> but when you're, I guess you may be flying by by uh, underneath God's wings. Maybe maybe change the, yeah. the, the the axiom just a tad. But it's an adventure, right? <laughs> oh, this yeah. is where and, God is. You know, I He's think in you control.
1: Just want to look around your life and just say, "How on earth did I get here? Well, I can't believe what I'm doing right now." I think God, I think that puts a smile on God's face, and He says, "Great, I found someone that wasn't willing to settle for way beneath what they were created to be." Mm,
0: I love that. So, so. People have the opportunity on your website. i was just exploring here a little bit. They can actually come on and have online classes. Can you talk about what you're offering there?
1: Yeah, well, I, we've got one right now. My dad's classic, experiencing God. Just uh, and uh, we'll we'll offer different classes. I'll drop in as a teacher. Um, you you have a group that can come in online from, of course, around the world. So you're you're you may be studying with uh, people from you know six different continents and. Uh, all interacting with the material and sharing their own their own journey, and then people are great in these classes. They all just kind of come around you and encourage you and offer advice and share their journey, and so you just feel like you're not alone. And yet, you know, so a lot of people will study a class in a in a college room or a, uh, in a church, and, and they kind of know everybody because they're all from the same area. But this is kind of fun because you've got people from all kinds of cities and states and countries all walking together and, and facing a lot of the same life issues. And so you can uh, you could do that. Experiencing God is probably the classic uh, class that we offer pretty well just regularly because it's so popular. But uh, a lot of people just say, you know, I've been a Christian most of my life. I grew up in the church, but I, I knew about God. But they would say, but I, I don't think I've ever experienced God before. I, I've gone to church a lot, but I never had a first hand encounter with, with God himself. And... Uh, they're all of a sudden realizing wait wait a minute there's way more to relating to God than just going to church on Sundays and uh that's that we love that when the light comes on and people say i'm hearing from God for the first time i feel like he's involved in my life and guiding me in career decisions and other things and and um i just realize that God's always wanted to be far more involved in my life than i even realized and uh that's really exciting to see people do that
0: it is, and it's exciting for people to realize that there's more to the Christian experience than, you know, what uh, the media kind of permeates our existence. And the the idea is, you know, being a Christian is always running around wagging your finger and saying you're, <laughs> you're not following the rules. Being a Christian <laughs> is, you know, kind of being the Debbie Downer of the group, never having any fun. Being yep. a Christian is having some big man in the sky who you don't have a relationship with, and he's laying down the rules, and whenever you break them, you feel terrible, and you're yep. kind of chained to him. There, yeah. Being a Christian is actually nothing like any of that, but, <laughs> no, but, but no. you have to tell people, right? You have to get out there yeah. and actually let them know.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, there's a lot of people have misrepresented Christianity. The people that don't have a clue what it is are trying to tell everybody else what it is. And, you know, one of my favorite verses I'm actually speaking on this week in a conference, but uh, the, the psalmist in Psalm uh, David in six, Psalm 1611 uh, eleven he said, in your, he's talking about in God's presence. He said, when you, when you get into the presence of God, he says, there's fullness of joy. And what he's just saying is, when you get really close to God, what you're going to be overwhelmed with is the joy of God. And, and so to be in a relationship with someone who's the perfection of joy, you, you, the closer you get to him, the more joy you experience, is what he was saying. And so I, that's just the experience that we've had, is it, God doesn't restrict you. He sets you free to free to be everything that you were designed to be and uh and and which is just the opposite of what you were describing about you know rule when when God set this whole thing up in the beginning in the garden of Eden he had one rule no that's not a bad rule book <laughs> you got a pretty it's got to be paradise if you can get it down to just one rule in the whole in the whole place uh God's not big into rules he actually is into freedom and uh he's really good at setting people free
0: He is. And there's also, um, there's a bit of a, a, like in the reality of walking out your faith and growing closer to God, there's a joy that you can experience that you can't get from anywhere else and it's the joy that people are currently seeking in our culture they want it but they they are looking in the wrong places. How do you advise people because I know for leaders they already have a little bit of a gift at communicating with people the message. But for a regular person who's listening to the podcast, how would you say Dr. Blackaby, you can express that joy to a friend who's who's wondering, "How how, do, how are you how are you this happy during COVID-19? It never ends. How how do they say this?"
1: Yeah, well, you know, and, of course, the, the the key is you can't give to others what you don't have yourself. So, you know, the best thing you can do is just be full of joy yourself. Just get so close to God that uh, you, you you can't wipe the smile off your face. And then you go to work, and you're joyful, you're peaceful. And, by, you know, during COVID, uh, it's, in some ways it's been a little disappointing, some of the Christians who were just as stressed out and worried and, and fearful as atheists were. that That shouldn't have been the case. But boy, there were sure a lot of Christians that still had joy, their families still had laughter in their home, uh, they still had peace, even in the tumult and confusion of uh, this past year, because they just knew that everything was in God's hands. They were in God's hands. And you know, the worst that, that can happen to a Christian is that they they pass out of this physical life and they go straight to be in the presence of God for eternity. It's, you know, it's, that's like the worst thing that can happen is you go to heaven, so you know you don't need to live in fear with that kind of reality um you just you just trust him to guide you and so i would just say you don't, you, you don't even have to say anything if you're if you really are overflowing with joy you know jesus said in john 15:11 he said you know when you get really close to me he said my joy will be in you and your joy will overflow and i'll tell you what if you've got overflowing joy in your life people will notice <laughs> and they'll and they'll want to ask you why, and you can just tell them because, uh, hey, the closer I get to God, the more joy there is, and uh, I encourage you to do the same thing. And that's that—that that was the kind of the epitome of the Christian life. Jesus sort of painted it all there in John 15, and he basically said, "You just get close to Me; you won't be able to contain the joy." And that's just an, an invitation He gives to everybody.
0: Yeah, I—it I, is an invitation, but, and that's another thing about Christianity that differentiates it from all other. You know, faiths and and different things that you can do, which is there's a level of coercion in other faith traditions, and, and you know not all of them, but some of them. Um, but in Christianity, it's an invitation, and anyone who partakes is doing so of their own free will. There's never a "you have to," "you must," not in the true practice of discipling people into Jesus Christ and to a relationship with Him. So. That is a part of it that is supposed to bring an aspect of joy. That you say, you know what? I want to be in a relationship with my my Father in Heaven. I want to know Jesus. I want to be in touch with the Holy Spirit. And so you then make the decision to do that. And then from there, it is an adventure.
1: Yeah, and and that, you're right. You can't you can't make people do that. I, I know even Christian parents who just want to pr- almost pressure their kids to hurry up and sign up. You know, but but the Christianity is I, I say it's, not, it's Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. It's a relationship with a person. It's not that you have a set of beliefs. It's not that you uphold certain doctrines. It's that you enter into a love relationship with a person who loves you more than you could ever imagine. And you, you can't force someone to love anybody. You know, you can you can fall in love, but you can't be forced into love. And so you can't hold a sword to someone's head and say, love Jesus or else you'll die. Um, that doesn't work. You, you, and so God, the only way to... Enter into a relationship is if you if you just fall in love with him yourself and uh and so God has a an infinite number of ways of just wooing people to himself, just drawing them to himself and uh a lot of times people don't don't even realize that's what god's doing, and uh then all of a sudden they realize you know God keeps putting people in my life and thoughts in my head, and you know just I hear a song, and all of a sudden I'm in tears and i and i I'm starting to sense that this is God just drawing me to himself. And it's a a beautiful thing when you realize the God of the universe is actually trying to woo you to himself so that you love him as well and you can experience how much he loves you in return.
0: And that he wants that. And so he's enriching your life. He's bringing, he's softening your heart so that you can experience more joy. He's removing the anger that's preventing you from, you know, experiencing better relationships. I mean, he, he, when he starts working... It's amazing but when you realize that's what's happening when you realize yeah. oh my goodness the lord is working in me I I'm happier or I I don't get angry as easily when when people act like people cuz that that's yeah. the biggest realization for me Dr. Blackaby as an, an an adult you always think people's behavior is going to improve and what I've learned as an adult is for most people, their behavior is not going to improve. But what That's, God will do is He'll help me to be able to deal with them, to to yeah. still have joy in spite of people being people. That's yeah, huge. Exactly, and
1: you know, the, I mean, the, the Christianity is really honest about that. It, it, Christianity is not shy about saying there's sin. People deal with sin, and and we're sinful creatures, fallen creatures, and because of that, we're you know, if you think that. Well, people are basically just perfect if they're just allowed to do what they want. Well I tell you that's just that just leads to anarchy and incredible self centeredness because we're we're wicked people. But the Bible also says but God's gracious and uh he shows us grace and he and he forgives us. He he helps us get, you know, straightened out, uh in a, sometimes in a process. So I mean it doesn't shy away from the fact that it says people are messed up, but Christianity also offers hope and grace. And, you know, kind of like the the great hymn, Amazing Grace, when you you realize how much grace it took for you to get turned around, then you begin to realize that you need to show grace to others that are on that journey as well.
0: Well, and then also the showing of grace to others, again, you begin to feel like, okay, I can't normally show any grace to anybody. Yeah. (laughs) When he lets you do it, you're like, wait a minute, I... Am I getting, am I becoming nicer? <laughs> am I, am I gathering in some, the ability to be long suffering? You really start. you're like, Hey, wait a minute. What's, or or cool. if someone notices, yeah, you know, th- that's the other thing. If someone says to you, I've noticed that you're different, you know, or, or, or wow, you seem changed. Or you my favorite, a friend of mine told me that my eyes were softer, and I was mm-hmm. thinking how do you have hard wow. eyes but thank you I, I, love that, I the, yeah. they were hard before but thank you so much and she said no I just mean I don't know your demeanor she said I don't know I don't know what and I th- I thought to myself thank you god cuz I She's a very soft-hearted person, so I was like, mm-hmm. "She noticed that's
1: that's yeah. something. It,
0: you must be it, changing it, it is me." It's true. I, I, <laughs> I mean,
1: I've been around Christians all my life, and I I see people when they become a Christian, and and literally, like the smart, the countenance on their face, their eyes are brighter, they're shining. I mean, they're just you just see a physical difference. They're, they have peace. I just there's so many troubled people in America right now. There's so many angry people. I mean, you just can hardly get in a conversation just on an airplane with someone without. People just getting angry about just what's going on and what they think, and uh, and there's lots of reasons to be upset about what's going on. But um, but I, you know, I just say, but you know, you only have one life, and and so many people are, are are squandering the only life they'll ever have with anger and fear and resentment and bitterness. And I I just realize, you know, I, it doesn't mean that there aren't real issues that need to be addressed in our world, but. But I've only got one life, like, and so I want it to be a joyful one. I want it to be a, a peaceful one. I want my family to laugh a lot, and for me to laugh a lot. And that doesn't happen by just wringing my hands in, in anger every day about other people. It's uh, it's being set free to enjoy the life you have, to, to be all the salt and light you can be, but at the same time, enjoying the one life God's given you, because He He walks with you through it. And... I'll tell you what, when you got God walking beside you, then every day is an adventure and uh, it's filled with love and joy.
0: Okay. So last question here, and you mentioned not having our hands clenched in anger, Dr. Blackabina. And this is a time in American history where a lot of people are naturally experiencing anger over politics, over interactions with their friends, family, neighbors, even strangers. There's a lot of anger and some of it, Maybe even a little bit of righteous anger. Maybe there's some justification behind it. I'm 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 not here to judge or to cast. You know, make anybody feel guilty. Um, the Bible says, "Be angry, but sin not." It also tells us, "Don't let the sun go down on our anger." When we're talking yeah. about you know between people, um, God has a lot to say about anger.
1: He does. How did, he how, knows that's an issue. <laughs> yeah, he
0: knows. He knows our frame. He knows our our yeah. form, and he he made us. He knows how we operate. Um, I know that when I'm angry, my hormonal rush of anger prevents me from making good decisions. I make mistakes when I'm angry. So I, I, um, I know that it's something that, you know, you're basically fighting against yourself. You don't want to be angry, but you know, you're angry for a purpose and you need to do something about it. So as we're closing out here, Dr. Blackaby, what do you recommend to people as a way of dealing with that? Maybe just even to get out of that angry moment so they don't make a mistake. What do you say?
1: Yeah, well, I you know, I when anger is certainly a uh, very strong uh, emotion and and it's a it's a human emotion and it can actually bring a lot of good. But uh you know, the two things I I have to just try to do. If I'm angry at what's going on, maybe a government leader is doing something I just really makes me angry. I first of all, I've got to say, you know, I've got to see that person it's not a personal thing. I mean, that person is is I think in the bondage to evil. They're doing destructive mm-hmm. things. That are hurting people, that are destroying fabric of society. They, I don't think that they realize that. I think they're sin blinds people. Uh, sin causes people to not see the truth, and I see somebody that doesn't know the truth, and so they're doing they're doing stuff that's destructive. And so I, but they're, my dad used to always say, just remember, people aren't really the enemy. Um, there, there are evil forces in this world that blind people and lie to people, and they're victims of evil, and so number one, I just have to know that that's what's going on with some people. And number two, I, I need to remember that that used to be me. Um, I used to be blind to a lot of that. And and by the grace of God, I was set free. And so before I ca- cast a lot of stones at other people who were, were a lot like me at one point, um, I just need to recognize they need grace too. And they need to be set free. They need to know the truth. Um, and so uh, I consider being angry in front of my TV all night long. And not have changed one thing for the better, or I can at some point turn off my TV and put my shoes on and go outside and start changing my world. And so if you're angry, turn it around and be positive. Get, let it be your energy. Go out and volunteer somewhere. Go out and reach out to another race. Go out and, and help a poor person. Do do something that makes the world better, address injustice. But uh, don't just sit there just being angry. I uh, there's just too many Americans sitting in front of their TVs angry and they're not doing one solitary thing to make the world any better. Um, Watching your TV and getting angry will not change anything. Uh, Get out there and do stuff, do positive stuff, make the world better. At least you you may not change the whole world, but you can make your world a little bit better. And if every person did that, it's amazing. The impact that would have over time.
0: So, that is exactly what I've been telling people to do. So I'm feeling a tad puffed up right now, Doctor
1: Blackaby. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling a tad hi. puffed up.
0: <laughs> I'm
1: pretty smart, Dad.
0: <laughs> I feel pretty smart because you've written 36 books. I'm, I'm, if I'm giving people the same advice you would give, then I'm. Lord has blessed <laughs> well, me with a little yeah, bit, bit of wisdom. A book. <laughs> you know what? Uh, you're you're speaking on behalf of the Holy Spirit there. I have to say, I knew we would have a great conversation. I'm so glad I got a chance to chat with you. It's such a honor for me to have you here on my podcast and um, to to have you as a resource for our listeners. And I have a link to your website in the show notes where there are all of these just it's an amazing amount of resource material available to anyone who clicks through. I recommend it highly. Um, And I also I want to tell people, um, you know, this is an opportunity if you're listening to the podcast and you hear the voice of Dr. Blackaby right now. That means he's shared something that was specifically for you. I don't believe in coincidences. I believe all of these things are ordained by the Holy Spirit. So I just want to say thanks for joining us today and for the work that you're doing and, and for your joyous warrior spirit. That is what we need.
1: Wow. Thank you. Well, my, my pleasure to be with you as well.
0: Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you again soon. Have a wonderful afternoon. All right. So that was fantastic. I, I guess it can't really hide that it was a great interview for me. And today... I want to ask you to just uh, figure out what part of this podcast was for you and then act on it. God bless you. I'll be back with another podcast soon. Have a blessed day.